my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Questions for God. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Our big question for this week... Can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? Our specialist in the hot seat today is Pastor Joseph Matichik. Joseph is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Welcome to you, Joseph. It's great to be here again. Oh, it's good to have you back. It's always good to be able to dialogue with you. You, uh, you have some wonderful responses to the questions that we've been uh, investigating. Well, I enjoyed doing it. Yeah, well, please keep on coming coming back. Put this into your diary. This is part of your regular agenda now. Hey, tell me, did you get a chance to uh, watch the Predictions of Hope series uh, or did the electronic gremlins get you on Friday night? Well, once I eventually figured out how to, to, how to actually uh, get in, I, I did get to see it. I, I have watched uh, all of the presentations so far, Gary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've certainly, I've only watched the first two at the, uh, at the present time, but I really appreciated them both. But I've got to admit, on Friday night, it was a little bit of a challenge to get in. But you know, if you persevere, it's actually a really good series. It is, yeah, very, very engaging, and uh, yeah, it was just really, really good to, to to watch and be part of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me, what was it that's impressed you most about the three episodes that have aired to date? Probably a number of things. Um, I, one thing that's probably impressed me the most was uh, just seeing how uh, the biblical predictions. Uh, have been so accurately fulfilled uh, right down down through history. Um, mm. one, one thing in particular, I guess, Gary was uh, just just uh, that that incident uh, dealing with uh, Kaiser Wilhelm who who wanted mm. to um, um, uh, have that uh, cathedral and then the prophet Daniel's head chopped off. Right. Yeah, that That's was good, right. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, an attempt to defy the word of God. Yeah, and. Um, and now, you know, we look back in history and, yes, sure, um, D- Daniel's head went off yeah. and, and got removed from that cathedral, uh, replaced with his. But uh, the Daniel's prediction still remains in, 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 and really the word of God still still endures. Wilhelm is gone and is no more yeah. and, uh, and yet the word of God stands. It certainly teaches you how arrogant that some leaders can actually become, doesn't it? That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciated the, uh, the the health principles that came out of the scriptures. You know, I thought that was actually very powerful. Uh, the things that Gary actually shared those uh, those principles that were established long ago, so far out of the culture of the day. Yes, and yet they presented so powerfully today, especially in light of. The coronavirus, especially, especially, yeah. 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 No, I thought that was a uh, that was an amazing little uh, uh, side uh, side presentation there. But we're going to come in a moment. We're going to come to our our question of the day: uh, Can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? But before then, let's have some music. Let's go to Rambos, sheltered in the arms of God. Tender, they're 
welcome again. You're, you're on Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our specialist in the hot seat today is Pastor Joseph Matichik. Uh, Joseph is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week, the big question we're asking is this. Can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? And today, we're particularly going to be talking to Joseph about what does the Scripture claim about its ability to reliably provide predictive prophecy? It was a little while ago that I was, uh, I was reading Dr. John, John Lennox. I was reading his commentary on the book of Daniel. And he started to speak about predictive prophecy. His words were powerful. This is what he said. The prophets claimed supernatural inspiration for the predictions that the Messiah would come. They claimed to be speaking the word of God. In other words, John Lennox continued, the fulfillment of supernatural prophecy lies at the heart of what Christianity is. To claim to be a Christian and to not take it seriously is a contradiction in terms. Yet in my experience, says Lennox, many professing Christians seem somewhat embarrassed by this dimension of their faith. Christianity, says Lennox, is thoroughly embedded in history and prophecy. Many of its central tenets, including the crucifixion of Christ, were the subject of predictions made centuries earlier. In fact, Christ was crucified for claiming to be the Son of God, as predicted by Daniel, who would one day come in the clouds of heaven. He also told them frequently that he'd be rejected by the religious leaders of the day, be crucified, and subsequently would rise from the dead. These predictions and their fulfilment of part of the, are part of the evidence that Jesus is the Son of God. He concludes, Dr. John Lennox, professor of mathematics at Oxford University, one of the great Christian apologists, concludes by saying, I'm only too well aware that the contemporary culture in the West is so dominated by the naturalistic worldview that anyone who claims there is a supernatural dimension to reality is looked at with amazement. They're even mocked. You know, when I read that, I thought, how relevant is that to the question that we're asking today? Earlier today, I actually had opportunity to uh, uh, to talk to Pastor Gary Webster, the presenter of our series that's been occurring online this last weekend. I put to him that question. I said to him, do you believe that the Christian church has generally lost interest in prophetic teaching? And I asked him whether he thought that this was a, this situation was developing even more. This was, this was his, his answer. Oh, please enjoy. Well, Gary, hey, welcome. It's fantastic to have you back with us again. Really appreciate uh, coming to, uh, to join with us this afternoon. Thank you, Gary. Great to be with you again. Yeah, no, we're almost making this a regular event now. 
<laughs> it's good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. T- tell me something. How have you uh, recovered from the end-on-end preaching this last weekend? Oh, no, we're, we're fine. I make sure I get plenty of sleep and I enjoy what I'm doing, so I'm ready to go again. <laughs> and, and hopefully lots of exercise as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for a good old burnout every day. Ah, oh, no, that's good. That's good. Gary, hey, look, I really appreciate the um, presentations that you've made over this last uh, last weekend. I particularly love your passion for biblical preaching. You know, in many ways, I'm conscious that in many churches, we don't actually hear um, a lot of it. You know, can I ask you, Gary, do you believe that the... What's your thinking? Does the Christian church and its preachers... Have they generally lost interest, do you think, in teaching biblical prophecy? Has that occurred Uh, or not? Yes, generally speaking, uh, it has. Of course, there is some interest in prophecy among Christians, but by and large, there isn't a lot of interest in prophecy and the end-time events that the Bible portrays. No, that would be right. Okay, okay, so you, you'd agree with that. Why, why do you think that is actually the case? Well, I think probably it's based on two things. Number one, um, there's some pretty strange interpretations of Bible prophecy and the claims for events that some Christians have made uh, and some pretty wacky things that have not come out and been fulfilled like was toted. And, mm-hmm. and so this has put many Christians off prophecy. That's one reason. But mm-hmm. I think... The main one would be that we live in a naturalistic age and so there's no place for the supernatural. Now, even Christianity, sadly, has brought brought into this and, and so since Bible prophecy, of course, is supernatural, how can you predict things down from your time to the future and get it right? How can that be? So how can that be in a naturalistic world? Um, yeah. So how- and, and, and no, I was just going to say... And, uh, you know, prophecies, and that's why, let me just add something, that's why, for example, you've got prophecies in the book of Daniel and you've got prophecies by Isaiah the prophet that some Christians come along and they say, oh, those prophecies are out really prophecies. They weren't made in the 6th century or the 7th century B.C. They were actually made, uh, you say, in the 2nd century B.C. after the events made to look like a prophecy. That's the whole reason they do that because they cannot believe that there can be such a thing as prophecy. Okay, and it's this discounting of the supernatural element that's actually having a huge impact on the Christian church today, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, because you see, one of the things, one of the reasons that prophecy is actually in the Bible is so that people can have confidence that there there is a God and that God is in control. And And sadly, when we push away the idea of, the supernatural because of a naturalistic world, then we we suddenly wonder why people actually don't believe in a God today because we've pushed away one of the very evidences that he's actually helped us have to believe that there is something out there. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, if there's no supernatural God, then prayer has no power. It means that miracles yeah. can't exist. And, yeah. you know, creation, of course, is negated. This is this is one of the foundational principles that is actually being pushed outside of the whole Christian worldview. Exactly. And we, we, we even had some, have had some bishops um, around, you know, in our world who don't even believe in a virgin birth, don't even believe in a resurrection. 
I mean, this yeah. is the very core of the Christian religion, but that's where it's actually come from, this idea that you cannot have the supernatural. How can you have a virgin birth? I mean, how can you have a resurrection from the dead? So, so this negates, um, yeah, the basic tenets of the Christian faith. Okay, yeah. Look, let me just take you to, to, to one other question. Now, look, um, you're a real believer in evidence-based preaching. Now, that's one of the things I've really appreciated about the presentations that you've made this last weekend, because what you've been doing is presenting evidence for the uh, Christian faith and certainly for biblical prophecy. Um, but many of our, direct, uh, our listeners would actually see Christianity as a faith-based religion. Would, would you agree that Christianity is a faith-based religion? I mean, what part does evidence actually play? Yeah. It absolutely is a faith-based religion, but uh, that faith is based on evidence <laughs> that God has left around that we can, we can base our faith on. For example, take Noah's flood, right? It mm-hmm. takes faith to believe that there was a worldwide flood because none of us were here. Mm-hmm. None of us were here when it happened. So mm-hmm. what evidence has been left behind? For example, I, I mentioned uh, in one of the programs over the weekend, or at least in some of the advertising, I think it was, that they've discovered the Gilgamesh epic, which is almost reads word for word <laughs> or most of what you've got with Noah's flood in the Bible. Yeah. Why do you have a bunch of shells on this on Mount uh, Mount Everest right up the top? You know, it's... It, there's evidence that something happened, and not just at a local flood in Mesopotamia, like some say. No, it was mm-hmm. clearly there are flood stories all around. So there is evidence to support the faith that we have in in this case that God says there was a worldwide flood. So that would be one example of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's very powerful, Gary, because I think it's important for us to actually realise that a faith that is not based on evidence is actually more of a presumption than than yeah. than genuine faith. Exactly. And, and another one, just to give you an example, uh, I actually started off not in, not in archaeology and, and religion and history, but in science mm-hmm. and um, uh, medical science. And, and to see that the Bible actually has many things to say about, you know, principles of health and so on. And today we're discovering that those same principles made... No, three thousand given three thousand five hundred years ago. Actually, we're now caught up with science. I gave a couple on the weekend about hand washing and and touching that was your dead second. Bodies. That was your second meeting, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And what I'm saying is that's evidence for the fact that hey, we we take it on faith, but we we our faith is resting on solid ground. That's what my point is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's very powerful when you put it like that because uh, the Christian faith within the scriptures is actually uh, uh, presented with a with a solid foundation of uh, of evidence and that to me is something that I think many people and even many preachers today totally overlook it's sort of uh, christianity is faith based it's based on uh, on trust that, uh, uh, that that can't be proven and yet the mm. evidence does sit there it does gary and there's more than just that sort of evidence there's also the evidence from okay what about the changed lives? I mean, you're, you're listening to one here whose life was changed by reading the Bible. You know, I was, yeah, yeah. before I knew Jesus, 
Christ, I, you, I would have punched your lights out if you crossed me. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's, there's many types of evidences that we can see. This thing's for real. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very powerful. Gary, thank you so much for what you've shared today. I, I think that that really sums up in a really tight manner uh, what you've been presenting the entire weekend. Uh, thank you so much for presenting and thank you for sharing with us today. Thanks, Gary. Great to be with you. Well, Joseph, that's actually very powerful what uh, what Gary is actually saying there. We've had Dr. John Lennox in his uh, his book on uh, the prophet Daniel. He's talking about supernatural prophecy, and he essentially says the same thing as what uh, Gary Webster mm. has uh, has just said there. Now, you're the you're the secretary of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, executive secretary, so you're in an administrative role within uh, South Australia here. Now, let's just look at those two questions uh, again. Uh, do you believe that the Christian church has generally lost interest in prophetic teaching? And, and, and well, what do you think? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, Gary, because I have uh, met a number of Christians and uh, when I've started talking with them about some prophetic material, it's been new to them, Gary. That, that they've been, they've, they've, there's been a real interest in this because they haven't really had an opportunity to either hear much about it or it hasn't been shared with them much and, uh, and there, there is a real, real interest in it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that has been the case. Why, why do you think the Christian church generally has has downplayed uh, the emphasis on prophetic teaching? Uh, yeah, I would agree with what uh, what Gary Webster mentioned before, the, the reasons that he gave, um, supporting further also what you, what you shared in the introduction there from, from, from uh, Dr. Lennox. But uh, I would add a couple of reasons to that, Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, one reason that I see that uh, Christians uh, have sort of generally lost interest or, or are not engaging in, in, in uh, biblical prophecies is because some of them can be a little bit hard to understand. So that's important. That's important. Yeah, it requires a bit of effort uh, to when you read them to to, to make sense of it. Look, let's admit it, Gary. When when we do read some of these prophecies at at face value, they're not the same as when you read, for instance, the Gospels. You know, or or you come to a story of uh, about Jesus or or something like that from the Mm. New Testament Mm -hmm. um, that that are fairly straightforward, that are that are easy to understand and to follow. Mm. Uh, But when you get into uh, some of the prophecies, particularly some of the deeper ones, Mm. at, at initial reading. That they are really can be really hard going and confusing, downright confusing, and so it requires effort by people to to really want to make sense of it, and 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 I think that effort that people say, oh, you know. Forget it. it's not necessary. It, faith should be simple, and and I don't really almost even need to know that. And therefore, I won't bother. Mm, um, mm, so that's one mm. reason I believe it, it, it's a difficulty. Another reason I would give Gary is. Um, Sadly, can I say, amongst Christians, there is this emphasis very much on the here and the now. Yeah, that is yeah, yeah. Uh, this emphasis on on personal development, and so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a lot of preaching and a lot of teaching, and that's it, and that's important. It is. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we, and we've we've reflected on the fact here that you know the Bible and uh, the power of God's word and the good news of the gospel changes our mm-hmm. lives and mm-hmm. it changes mm-hmm. our characters and changes mm-hmm. the way we live. Absolutely. Uh, but if that's the only thing, we, we miss a significant portion of what the Bible's teaching is, is is about. And so, sadly, what I see is amongst Christians is this um, uh, a lot of preaching and teaching on, for example, yeah. You know, 
how to be a better how to be a better person yeah, uh, yeah. Ha- uh, ha- how to have a better marriage or uh, how to deal more wisely with your finances uh, you see what I'm trying to get at Gary yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's yeah. very much a sort of a f- uh, personal development kind of a uh, I was going to say almost like modern psychology couched in in, in in religious terms exactly right yeah 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 now that's very powerful because we certainly are I appreciate your first point there because we certainly live in the Twitter generation where everything is reduced to uh, you know just a few characters the bare minimum the bare minimum yeah. if you can't in- say it in 10 minutes it's not worth listening to that's right yeah wanting instant uh, results yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so so it's it's not just a matter of a preachers not preaching it's also a uh, maybe a societal issue here where where people are not not wanting to put in the hard yards in fact i i suppose i'm conscious myself that you know what gary webster's doing there is sharing a great deal of history now when i went to school i'm showing my age a little bit here uh, I, I remember having to study history history was a subject that you just had to had to study same here um, but uh, the increasingly history is not a subject that is actually taught uh, within a, uh, the high school type environment environment today, which means you don't actually have the background no. that uh, uh, that is actually necessary to understand a lot of the uh, the history behind the prophecies. That's right. And if we if we lose our history, forget the past and, and understanding that, we, we, we will lose a lot of understanding of the present and, dare I say, the future. Okay, okay. Hey, look, um, Joseph, let's come to that second part of that uh, that interview that we had with, with Gary. Christianity, uh, it's a faith-based religion, but have we overlooked something in uh, ignoring the evidence aspect? I mean, is Christianity just faith-based, or is there more evidence than what we've often given it credit for? Yeah, look again. Gary was touched on this, and uh, and what he shared was 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 valuable. Yes, it it is faith. Uh, the Bible clearly says we we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, uh, the just shall live by faith. So it, it, it's very clear there, Gary. Uh, we're saved by faith, uh, but it is not a blind faith. No, mm-hmm. Th- there is evidence. There there is there is. So much, uh, out there and, and what I'm really appreciating from this series currently that's, that, that's online, predictions of hope. Mm. It's presenting evidence and mm. stacks of it. Mm. There's mm. archaeological evidence. There's historic evidence. Uh, there's, the evidence is there, Gary. And, uh, it's not for a lack of evidence. It's, it's just for a lack of people wanting to, to, to recognize that and, uh, to, 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 to actually accept it. And so, yeah, the Christian faith is based on on really solid ground that we can that we can we can see we can trust and we can accept Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a reality that if we overlook it, I think we've lost a great deal of what Christianity is actually standing for. In fact, you know, I think of uh, Paul, what Paul said about the resurrection, and he he talked in terms of it being uh, evidenced by. Witnesses, eyewitnesses of, you know, and he named, you know, well, he named, he, he grouped hundreds of people together. These are the ones who witnessed. And Undeniable. It was, a, it was an evidence based thing. And That's right. to me, I'm just so conscious that Christianity, while it has got that faith base, it's actually got as its foundation amazing ev- evidence. Yeah. And, and, and 
people who uh, are struggling or choose not to to take it on board isn't because of a lack of evidence. It's because they 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 are choosing not to uh, not to engage with it and 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 are therefore are pushing it away. But mm. the evidence is clearly there. Joseph, let's come to some music. This is Vocal Union. He looked beyond my fault. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. Beyond my fault and so my need Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise For it was grace that bought my liberty Just why he came to love me so He looked beyond my fault and saw my need I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary For me, how marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall.
However, sin has caused a break in this communication. I think you make a very important point there. God wants to communicate. Yeah, right at the very beginning uh, with Adam and Eve, direct, face-to-face, mm. not an issue. Mm. Uh, and then the moment they disobey, we find that they're, they're hiding, they're, there is fear, uh, they're expelled out of the garden, etc. And no longer do we have this, this open communion that, mm. uh, that existed there before sin. But God, out of his love, uh, he still wanted to communicate with human beings. Mm. And that is one, was, and is one of the purposes of the prophets. Of the prophets. Yeah. Now, God... Uh, has communicated in different ways, yep. Gary. D- different ways. For instance, if we just t- list these, uh, at times he's communicated through angels. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they, they're more rare occasions, right? Yeah. 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 A- yeah. A- a- angels coming and sending messages. Uh, another way of, another method of his communication is through nature. Mm-hmm. The psalmist says in Psalm 19 that the heavens declare yeah. the glory, glory of God. God. Uh, a specific way, another specific way that God communicated was uh, in the Old Testament uh, with the uh, the children of Israel and their uh, their priests that worked in the sanctuary. Uh, the priests had what was called uh, and used a, a, a urim and a thummim, two uh, stones, two stones, a very specific way where where God would c- convey. In, in, in put in my words, like a yes or a no, yeah. um, indicating his his will or a decision on something as to which one would uh, would light up. So that was a way. Then then we have that in Jesus really is the perfect revelation of God. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. said on more than one occasion explicitly, he said that he'd come to reveal the Father to mm-hmm. us to, to show us mm-hmm. what God is like, etc. Uh, other ways that God's communicated is through dreams, mm-hmm. uh, and then we come to this one, where is God has communicated through His prophets. Mm. Now that's the one that's of particular mm. interest for us uh, mm. today. Uh, this, this. Notice how this has actually worked. If I can just uh, read from uh, uh, from the book of um, uh, Jeremiah, a prophet, prophet mm-hmm. of God, uh, Jeremiah chapter one. Uh, Verse 4, it says that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet mm-hmm. to the nations. I ordained you, God says here, or, or set you apart as a prophet. God's mm-hmm. calling him to be a prophet. Mm-hmm. Then he, uh, Jeremiah responds, Ah, Lord God. Now, this is verse 6. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Verse 7. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Mm. So God is saying to Jeremiah, Powerful. He's going to share God's words, yeah. God's message. And it becomes even more explicit in verse 9. The Lord put forth and uh, his hand, and he touched my mouth. Jeremiah speaking in the first person. Touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my word. Words in your mouth. Mm. So God calls a person to be his prophet and he gives them words to say. Powerful. Uh, now, if people who are interested really, just just as a, I'll just reference this, but we won't need to read it, Gary, because I think we want to get onto some other yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to, to read the story in Exodus with Moses and Aaron, when God uh, was calling Moses to lead the people out of Israel. Yeah. Uh, Moses also sort of objected and said, I don't know what to say, I'm not good with words, etc. Uh, and, and God says, I'm going to, Aaron, your brother, 
he will speak for you. you it, mm. It's interesting. It, there in Exodus 4, 15 and 16, and then compare that with Exodus 7, he says to him that Ar- you, you are to be like a God to him, and Aaron is to be the like the prophet. He, Aaron's mm. going to speak. He, he's going to be the mouthpiece. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I simply mention that to, to, to show that, that uh, prophets spoke on behalf of God the, the message of God. That, that, this that w- is continually the claim through the scriptures. The scriptures make this claim about, uh, about their own authority continually. Uh, it's something that we're going to have to examine tomorrow, the evidence, uh, because there's some things we're going to have to ha- have to look at. But this claim is an astounding claim that we, we err if we really miss it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, elsewhere in the Bible, this is called the gift of prophecy. It's it's a gift actually of the Holy Spirit, mm. uh, and that's ex- elaborated in the New Testament. Mm. Uh, the prophetic gift wasn't the message, but it was the method by which they communicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the method of communicating to prophets. Now, let me read from Numbers chapter 12. Mm-hmm. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 6, it says here, uh, this is what God says. Uh, Numbers twelve six. He said, "Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, and I speak to him in, in a, a dream. dream." Yeah, powerful. Uh, th- that is 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 supported again over in the, in the book of Joel, uh, chapter two, uh, where it says, "God says, uh, afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people." Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Mm. Uh, this reference to dreams and, and, visions. and, and visions. So uh, God revealed himself through dreams and visions to his prophets. Mm-hmm. We've established that God spoke. Uh, he revealed himself to them th- th- through that. Uh, at times there were physical manifestations when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interestingly, Gary, that uh, one uh, of the prophets that actually describes the physical manifestations was the prophet Daniel. Mm. Daniel mm. Uh, tells us about and describes his experience in Daniel chapter 10 of one of his visions. Uh, it, 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 in Daniel chapter 10, verse 7, uh, when he's having this vision, he said he alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. Mm. I mean... Okay, so Daniel's saying something. He's having an experience. He's, he's with people. He sees that they don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, something's happening. Um, he says, no strength remained in me. Uh, my, my, my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the, the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face. Mm. Interesting physical manifestations that are happening here to Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I, 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 I think it's important to point out, Gary, that these physical phenomena did not always accompany a vision. Yep. Okay, so yep. We, yep. You know, less people kind of think that that was the only way that God, yep. Yep. God spoke or that, that you had to have this kind of physical manifestation of uh, being in a sort of a semi-conscious state, etc. No, that did not always happen. Nor did they always have visions. Mm. Mm. But it w- always was from God However, the message uh, may, may have come to them. Mm. Now, the, the, one of the clearest descriptions of how prophets got message we actually find in the book of Revelation described by the writer of the book of Revelation, which was John, mm. the apostle John. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
who who wrote Revelation, and Revelation itself uh, contains a number of predictive elements, a mm-hmm. number of prophecies. So it's fascinating to read there. Right at the very start, Revelation chapter 1, uh, it says this, verses 1 onwards, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. And then a little bit further on, it says in verse 4, John then to the seven churches which are in Asia, and then, and then it goes on. Mm-hmm. Notice what it here. It's the revelation of Jesus, which God gave. So it came from God to Jesus. The Jesus uh, gave it to, uh, it was signified to his to the angel, and the angel uh, shares it to to John, the prophet there, mm. who then writes this down as as a letter. Uh, it's the, the the as we have it recorded as the book of Revelation. Now, John clearly states that his messages are of a supernatural origin. He considers himself a prophet, and his writings uh, considers them a, a, a prophecy. Mm. Uh, so there we find it: God to Jesus to the angel. Uh, notice that it, it was signified. Yeah, M- means it signs and symbols. That's right. Yeah, which what yeah. we find in prophecy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it brings us. It recalls for us the opening words we looked at. Second Peter: No prophecy came by human interpretation, mm-hmm. but men spoke as they were. Carried along by you the know, Holy this Spirit. is actually so important because it sort of explains to me a, a reason why, for example, um, why people like John Lennox, who, who isn't a member of my church, uh, but he he is a, a great Christian apologist, and uh, he talks about the fulfilment of supernatural prophecy lies at the heart of what Christianity is. This sort of starts to explain to me why supernatural prophecy is actually so important to the church today. That's right. It's of a supernatural origin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And many people don't realize that that's what's actually occurring within the biblical uh, writings. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, now, yeah, the, the way that prophets delivered the message varied, Gary. Uh, for example, we have someone like a prophet Jeremiah who had a scribe. Uh, John here in Revelation wrote to the seven churches. Uh, Ezekiel, acting in a quite a dramatic way, acted things out, and and and, and so on. So that that's the first main thing we will need to look at. Uh, that the, the way that these messages came, well, they came from God, often through dreams and visions, but they were clearly divine messages. They were the prophets were were God's spokespersons, His mouthpiece to communicate mm-hmm. a message. Mm-hmm. Now that lends us, Gary, to the the other critical, I guess, the other side of this coin. How can we tell that the message was actually from God? How how do we know that their messages were were um, were true? Mm. Is is there a way we can test it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the answer is this is so important. This 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 question. And you know what? There is there 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 is a way we can test uh, that what a prophet is claiming. Is actually mm-hmm. true. Uh, can I read from Jeter- uh, a, a very significant passage of Scripture? Deuteronomy chapter 18, mm-hmm. verse 22. The Bible says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, 
if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Wow. Wow. Really important point here. Mm. Uh, that the way we can test if the message of a prophet is is not only from God but is actually true, is there any evidence? Yes, we can test it by seeing whether what they say is actually does actually come to pass, is actually fulfilled. Mm. Mm. That's that's actually very key in this whole picture uh, that we're, we're starting to paint because if, in fact, we need to be able to test it, to me, that brings in a lot of the stuff that Gary Webster, for example, has been presenting because what he's presenting is evidence both from history, from archaeology. It allows us to be able to test what the prophets have actually said. That's right. That's exactly right. And the co-presenter there, uh, Robbie, yeah. uh, has then shown how uh, the, so far in, in the three presentations that we've had so far, in each of them, predictions that mm. have been made, mm. how they have been remarkably fulfilled. And so, Gary, what that shows us is, is, is both of those things. Uh, it shows us that uh, these messages must have a supernatural origin mm. and Right here now today, we, we have discovered, hey, that should not surprise us because it clearly says that these prophets spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, uh, that God communicated to them, that he gave them visions and dreams. It's, it's all reiterating this whole idea that their, their message is supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's from God. Mm-hmm. And, and then the second part of this, uh, the other part of it, is, is this idea that we can see that that's True, because what they have said, what they have seen in vision, in visions or in dreams, and then what's been recorded, what's been outlined, has actually been fulfilled over time. Mm, mm. And th- that really gives us this the importance there of evidence, because if you can see that something has actually been fulfilled when it's been predicted, and you can see it through evidence, then what you do is your your faith has actually got something very solid to stand on. It's not a, a, a sort of an airy-fairy, uh, make-believe, blind faith, as some people say. Faith is actually supported by substantive evidence. And it makes the biblical predictions, or as we like to call them, the prophecies, actually uh, just, just, just stand head and shoulders about any other predictions, Gary. Mm. Because you know, lots of people out there can say, "Oh, yes, my, I, I believe I have a message from God, or God told me this, that, and the other, and and this is what's going to take place." And it's it, it's they're just charlatans. There's nothing to it. Yeah. Why? Because it 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 wasn't obviously genuinely from God, and it it, it didn't take place. And we don't and they disappear. We we don't hear of them again, that, or very little is mentioned of them. Yeah. This is where biblical prophecy though stands uh, supreme. Even within Scripture itself, you actually find there are so, there are some prophets. The real prophets are often contesting against false prophets. Because I, exactly. I I can think of the you know four hundred prophets of Baal, you know, I mean they're called prophets and yet they, the the prophet Elijah actually is the one who is arguing against them and uh, and fighting for the Lord God against these other charlatans. And years later 
the prophet Jeremiah is telling the people uh, that unless you repent, the Babylonians are going to come. The Babylonians are going to come. You're going to be taken away into captivity. Uh, Jeremiah warns them, and yet there were these prophets around saying, it won't happen. It'll be peace, peace. Mm. Don't worry. Nothing will take place. And those ones that were proclaiming peace, Gary, they were the false prophets because the Babylonians well and truly did come, and history attests to that. Yeah, yeah. And yet the the real prophets, some of them actually got thrown into <laughs> systems for their trouble. You know, I mean, they were persecuted for the things that they were actually saying. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't always popular. Certainly, it wasn't was not easy to convey the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joseph, I'm really conscious that our time is starting to to get away from us. I I'm just wondering, would you have a have a prayer for our people because I'm just I'm just conscious that there are uh, there are many who are um who may be saying, "Hey, look, you know, I want to get more into the scriptures. I want to come to a better understanding." Would you pray for those people? Yes, love to do that. Let's pray together. Father God, we just want to thank you so much that you are a God who is so willing to communicate with people, that, that you are intensely interested in, in reaching out and, uh, and sharing your message. And you have done it, Lord, through various ways over time. Um, and we want to thank you that you have communicated through your prophets and that we have the benefit of having this recorded in the, in the pages of scripture in, in our, in the Bibles, that we are able to, to read and discover that the things that, that has been revealed has, has actually been fulfilled over time so accurately right down to our day. It gives us confidence, Lord, to know that what is before us is also going to take place. And, Lord, I want to particularly pray for every person that's listening, uh, for those, Lord, that uh, might be searching, that those that are wanting to know your will, uh, those who want to know the future. Lord, thank you that you're a God that reveals that, and you've revealed it through your prophets. We have it there recorded for us. Please bless every person, Lord, that's listening. Help us to know that we can have total confidence in you, that you know the future, that we can commit our lives to you, that's my prayer for each one, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Joseph, it does look like our, our time's up for today. Uh, thank you so much, folks, for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor Joseph Matichik on The Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we're going to dig more into this subject when we start uh, looking at the astounding evidence for predictive prophecy. Please don't forget that tonight we have Pastor Gary Webster sharing again 7 o'clock Central Australian Time, 7.30 Eastern Australian Time. And tonight Gary's going to be talking about global warming warnings. How near is the end? The signs that Jesus foretold in Matthew 24. We're going to look at the rock kingdom of Daniel 2 and how it's going to be set up. And we're going to look at the hope of God's kingdom. This is a powerful presentation. Can I encourage you folks to please uh, look tonight at this, uh, uh, this program. I really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord richly bless you. 